Hello, you're listening to WGWG.org, Gardner Web University Streaming Radio, and uh, joining me in the podcast studio is Matthew Tesnier, and we're here um, as the big sports fan, and we're going to talk sports. I know we're going to talk, of course, the Final Four is coming up this weekend, so we're going to talk about that, but we'll talk about some Gardner Web Sports and, and all the rest as well. So, welcome, Matthew. Thanks, thanks. I look forward to this. Well, good. I really look forward. I just like talking about sports. You that's do. What it's all about. That's just why I said, you know, we need to we need to have you uh, on the air talking about some sports. So, uh, what do you want to start with? I want to start with uh, was what I was on Facebook last night, and I noticed that one of the uh, Charlotte area TV stations gave Garden Web's baseball teams some, some really good coverage. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm glad you glad you let me know about that. That's really good coverage for Gardner Web. Um, our baseball team's 21 and seven um, as we record let, this. Let that set in. Yeah, I mean 21 that's, and seven. That's solid. I mean, if you look at it on percentages, that's winning 75 percent of your now, games. That's nationally ranked, right? Uh, I don't believe they're nationally ranked. Okay. Uh, forgive me, Rusty Strap and and team, if I'm wrong. I don't right. believe they're nationally okay. ranked. Um, they very much could be. Um, mm-hmm. They have, I believe, a big series coming up. Um, this weekend they do against Coastal. I believe mm-hmm. it's at Coastal, and Coastal is nationally ranked number okay, twenty-one. Okay, that's what I'm confusing it. With. And um, you know, so if they win some of those games, they they might have a have a chance. But yeah, um, uh, WBTV did a piece, and um, you know, as we've talked about a little bit around here, uh, and with Mark Rab over in Sports Information here at Gardner Web, it's getting harder and harder to get a lengthier feature piece on whatever your sport or player or outstanding athletics person or team is because sports segments are not that long. Um, You know, this piece was two and a half minutes or so. It was longer than that, but they went into kind of some other area athletes with ties. Two and a half minutes of airtime is really, really good for Gardner-Webb, and particularly in a year when we have had a hot start. Um, It's nice to get the coverage now because, I mean, you know, you can always have a hot start and – Teams either often start hot and then have a rough finish. Um, sometimes getting into conference is, is harder, and, and um, Coach Strap alluded to that last year. They had a good start last year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, won, won 10 games or so there to begin the year. And then, you know, conference got tough. Um, and that's a grind. Um, you know, how they travel around and, and play the play the conference teams you're familiar with, that's, that's, that's tough stuff. But it was really nice to get that piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to notice that people are paying attention to yeah, yeah. this I mean, good start. You know, for Charlotte, too, they've got so many universities, colleges that they can go to. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, with their coverage area, I think of them particularly because they go up kind of into what they call the high country up toward Boone, and they'll cover teams up that way. They'll cover teams kind of um, east of Charlotte, kind of oh, headed yeah, down sure. toward the Sand Hills, and um, they do upstate South Carolina. They go kind of straight north on 77 away. It's not all the way up toward Virginia. I'd, I'd say that's more Winston-Salem market territory. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a wide coverage area. So oh, yeah. to get anything is, is really, really nice. And, you know, they came out here. They had the video, the B-roll. Um, you know, they did the interviews. And, you know, so it was a nice package and a nice yeah. piece. It was really nice to see. And you can you can find that online if you'd like to like to see that. Yeah, and I plan to share that on the Gardner-Webb University Facebook page as well. So there if anybody's you go. listening, check it out there. There you go. Now, I also understand that one of our swimmers has won some pretty pre- a prestigious award. Yes, uh, Nathan Lyle. He is he's an outstanding student. Um, I got to see him present at an academic research conference here uh, a couple Saturdays ago. And um, just impressive. I'll so say that's it. truly the student athlete. He is. He's a great example of that. And and we see that over and over here at Gardner Web. I mean, we like to toot that toot that horn, but it's but it's true. Um, we really put a big emphasis on that. And um, I'll tell you, his research side was impressive enough that I could follow. And I don't think I was the only one. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was it was 
smart stuff. I'll okay. say that. All right. Um, in in his field, but um, yeah, he, he's also an outstanding swimmer. He's actually the first Gardner Webb men's swimmer, and we had men swimming, I believe, in the 0708 school year. So we've been almost a decade now. First men's swimmer to qualify for NCAA nationals. Now we've had women swimmers go there before. It's prestigious, though. It's not something we're going to sw- send a swimmer every single year. Um, so it's impressive to send him there, and as part of him being there, part of him having an awesome academic record, a cumulative GPA, I believe, of 4.0, um, he was the recipient of the Elite 90 Award, and that goes to the top athlete at each cha- individual sport championship site in NCAA with the, they're great athlete, they have to be to qualify for whatever that individual sport um, ch- national championship is, but with the top GPA there, cumulative. And I believe mm-hmm. you have to be a sophomore, junior, or senior. You know, you can't be a freshman with a 4.0 and come in there with one year and steal right. that award. Right. Um, you got to put in some time first. But um, uh, Nathan's a senior, and he's outstanding. And just getting that award again, I mean, you know, I remember um, Connor Boss, another swimmer, you know, telling us when we've done some coverage of him for, for PR and marketing purposes, you know, just being out there, um, reaching, you know, he was shooting for the Olympic trials. Nathan has been as well. Um, and getting an Olympic trial cut um, for swimming. Just being there amongst other people from other universities, getting our name out there, you know, having that swim cap or having something, a jacket that says Gardner-Webb, that's more people around you who have seen the university name. Yeah. And so as a whole, it's awesome. But for Nathan, an incredible honor. Yeah, yeah. The women's lacrosse team, well, I guess the only lacrosse team we have, the women's lacrosse team here at Gardner-Webb, a very young program, but um, doing pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, full of freshmen and sophomores because this is just the second year getting that program started. Yeah, I, I always have a hard time deciding. Do I say women's lacrosse or do I say lacrosse? We don't have a men's lacrosse team, not not at this point. We very much could at some point, um, you know, d- depending on what happens in, in athletics. But, yeah, they won three out of five games, I believe it was, in March. And that's solid. I mean, for a mm-hmm. second-year program, that that is wonderful. And I believe one of the two games they lost, they lost by one in overtime. So, I mean, wow. they could have done even even better, but they've, they've really progressed nicely. And as I've said before, I'm not an expert in lacrosse. Um, I, I don't know that I could break down a game. Uh, most sports, I feel like, if you gave me a roster, I could jump in there and I could at least provide some play-by-play. Lacrosse, I don't know that I could do that. I could probably tell you what number was running um, and, and when somebody scored. I don't know that I could give you much more insight than that, but so I can't. So I but can't a win profess. is a win. But a win is a win, exactly. And and you know as much as I do, we we can all see that. And um, so that's that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Definitely, they're yeah. improving. Sounds like the program's coming along. Yeah, it is. Yeah, of course, all sports fans. Uh, you know, if you're really into all sports, but particularly basketball. This weekend is a biggie. So run down the final four for us. It's a huge weekend. Um, maybe. Well, I don't know. It could go either way. Uh, unless you don't like Carolina, but if you don't like Carolina, um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe you get a chance to pull well, against got, them this weekend. There's three other teams to root for, and there for, are three right? other teams to root harder for. Um, you know, yeah. Um, Saturday, um, uh, as we record this, uh, kind of a day away here, we'll see uh, Oklahoma against Villanova, and then we'll see Carolina against Syracuse, which is an ACC matchup. Mm-hmm. Syracuse probably the biggest, easily the biggest surprise in the Final Four. They're a ten seed. Wow. Um, you know, they've just upset people along the way. I believe they've got 23 wins, which I think they're 23 and 13. For a Final Four team, you don't usually see that. You usually see teams with single-digit losses, yeah. um, unless you really get a Cinderella. But it's interesting with Syracuse. Jim Beheim, their coach, has been around 30, 40 years. Um, 
you know, they've just got one of those programs. They've won. They've, they've, they've been to the dance before. They've been to the national championship. They've won it before. So they're not really a Cinderella. They're just a low seed and that nobody expected to get there this year. And it's a very interesting matchup with North Carolina. Both programs have had some questions about uh, NCAA violations, both of them. Um, they're both uh, traditionally known for their journalism programs. Maybe North Carolina more for their writers and um, Syracuse for their broadcasters. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So it's just an interesting matchup. Um, on the other side, you've got Villanova and Oklahoma. They'll be in the early game uh, on Saturday. I think the tip for that's around six. The other one's closer to nine, uh, the Carolina game. But probably the best player in the country. Um, certainly a lot of people saying he's the best player still in the tournament, Buddy Heald. Just a crazy athlete, um, really great shooter. Um, probably going to be a good NBA player, I would I would estimate. Um, and then you've got Villanova, who uh, they're a two seed. They're, they're highly ranked. They've been up there in the top five, top ten all year. Um, don't know that anybody expected um, them to get past Kansas, who a lot of people thought was going to be the national champion. Um, they were maybe the favorite coming into the tournament. But they played great defense. They shoot the ball pretty well. Um, so I think the Oklahoma-Villanova matchup will be a very good game. Um, it will be a tough matchup for whoever gets through that Carolina-Syracuse game. And Carolina played Syracuse back on senior day, um, I guess early March. And Syracuse uh, took them down to the end of the game. And I think you know it was less than 10 points. It was a close game. Um, one thing that's been interesting maybe of note, I read a, an article on ESPN.com, um, something called the NRG effect. They play these national championship games for college basketball, and they play these Final Fours in football stadiums a lot of times. They, they just utilize the big, new, technologically friendly um, stadium. And as is the case, I believe, at NRG Stadium in Houston, um, where the Final Four is this year, they put the court kind of on the 50-yard line in the middle. Sometimes in some of these stadiums, they used to play some Final Fours in the old Alamo Dome. They'll block off part of the stadium, which makes me wonder exactly myself as a fan only, why do they even play it there if they're not going to include all the seating and give a chance for 60,000, 70,000 fans to come in? I would think that would be the opportunity by putting it in the big football stadium. But I think it's just a venue thing. I think it's just a, a chance to utilize those big stadiums. They've done it in Indianapolis. They've done it in a, a host of other cities. But the NRG effect that the story was about from ESPN.com to kind of work, work back in my circle is about how difficult it is to shoot sometimes in these stadiums. Your depth perception is a little bit huh. different than it would be in a closer stadium where the, where the stadium seats are closer to you. And you just have – sometimes the court is elevated – when they, when they play in these football stadiums because of the way they set it up. And so you've got this cavernous stadium behind you, and, and the rim looks different when you're out there shooting. And I remember maybe 10 years or so, Gardner-Webb, uh, 10 years or so ago, Gardner-Webb played in Johnson City in whatever their basketball arena was at the time, and it looked different to me. We, a couple of us from the student newspaper at the time here went up to cover that cover that game, and, and it was the first-round game, and, and I think we, we lost out that year, so we weren't there a long time. But I remember looking at the court when we went in there into, into East Tennessee State University's basketball arena in Johnson City and thinking, wow, this, this orientation looks different. So that is really my only point of reference of being on a court in such a situation. Wow. I can understand how the shooters would have a hard time. And so it was a really interesting story that also – kind of like 538 that we've talked about before, um, kind of a offshoot branch that, that works a lot of data analysis um, from ESPN. They looked at, okay, 
well, why does that matter? Why does weird depth perception matter with shooting? Well, Carolina actually um, depends on three-point shooting less than the other three Final Four teams. All of them get about 30-something, I believe it said, percent of their offense off of three-point shots, whereas Carolina is like 19%. So, you know, they get a lot of points inside. And and um, uh, Carolina senior guard Marcus Page was saying, yeah, it's a lot easier to hit a layup in a weird arena or a, an unfriendly kind of unfamiliar place than it is to go out there and try to shoot a three-pointer in a place that you're not familiar with. Interesting. So it's just a very interesting thing. Maybe something to kind of watch, not yeah. just this year, but that's something we can watch in the future because I think you know the Final Four being in big stadiums is a trend. They're not going to sure. play it in uh, a 5, 10, 15, 20,000-seat right. arena. I think it's just, just a sign of the times. Very interesting. Matthew Tessner in with us uh, each Friday to uh, talk about sports. The Big Sports Fan, you're listening to The Range, Gardner-Webb University Radio, WGWG.org.